Welcome to the GC On Demand podcast, a show about people, about process, about technology, about community. It's great conversations with great technologists about things that matter to you, that matter to all of us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit gcondemand.io for all of the show notes. And with that, let's get started. All right, and welcome everybody to a very special GC On Demand. It's kind of a unique one here because it's a solo project. That's not often I get to think about running this alone. Uh, And there's a very important reason why I've done it this way. You know, we've looked over the last while. We've had a great run. You know, GC On Demand has been a lot of fun. I've talked to a lot of different folks in the community. And what I've learned along the way is that you know, people really, really dig in on the conversations and the stories and the learnings. And I thought back to, you know, what it was we were trying to achieve. And this seemed like the right time as we head into the holidays. I know everybody is super busy and your podcast listening time probably got a bit of a backlog. Now, what I'd love to do is to be able to make sure that we are an important part of that backlog as we head into 2017. We've got a couple of great GC On Demand conversations that are going to come up, and we're going to talk about varieties of different things. Now, before we get rolling, let's just stop and level set things. Of course, my name is Eric Wright. If you don't already know me, I'm the host of GC On Demand, uh, and you can find me. I'm at Discoposity on Twitter. I'm in the Green Circle community. If you go to greencirclecommunity.com, I'm Discoposity in there. It's easy to find me everywhere else. I'm the chief nerd within the GC, which is an open technology community, which is hosted by, uh, by my organization, Turbonomic. And we've really, really had a lot of fun as I've seen some of the feedback coming through, and I've done some, some testing and some polling through the GC directly to kind of get a sense of how people are consuming technology, what are you looking at going forward. And it's funny that we've, we've really changed the way things have gone, you know, We've looked over this evolution and we continue to evolve. That's why I never think of it as like the end of one thing. It's a continuing evolution. And we want to talk about that today. Hopefully this is something that maps to something that you're going to really get. Because I know as a technologist and having evolved my own career, it was very, very important to think about how to evolve. So we're going to talk about stuff that is going to be important to you. How do you evolve yourself as we move from virtualization in the traditional sense to the public cloud and to private cloud and just cloud consumption as a model. First thing to lay down, cloud is not a technology. Cloud is a methodology. Cloud is a way that you deliver, as the NISD definition calls it, it's it's on-demand self-service. It's elastic. Now, elastic is always one of those things where it, it can be you know, fixed elasticity, as I call it, or, you know, true elasticity beyond the, the realm of what you can do in your data center today. There's a lot more to it around measurable service and, and whatnot, you know, these pools of resources. We've kind of achieved most of the other stuff. Most people are trying to measure their service, but yeah, we've, we've been 50-50 on whether we actually do it right. And then, of course, the way we consume it is important. You know, I saw a great quote recently, and it talked about that the electric light was not developed by continuous improvement of the candle. 
So we have to think about what we're going to do next. And this is why looking towards the virtualization to the cloud, we don't necessarily evolve it by changing the way we do our current infrastructure, but we start to adopt new infrastructure and put it along side by side. You've probably got some candles in your cupboard somewhere, and that's why hey, it hasn't gone away completely, just that we don't use it as much. We've pretty much widely accepted electric light, obviously. And this is a, a journey that we have to take as technologists together. You have to start to think differently. We're going to think like an architect. We're going to think like a cloud architect. Thinking larger than technology is important because it's not just the technology and the bits and the physical, but thinking about logical and conceptual designs, and even more importantly, understanding the impact to the business. Because if you do not understand the business impact of what it is you're doing, then you're doing it simply for the purposes of delivering interesting technology, which is great. Believe me, I'm, an, I'm a, as much of a nerd and I love to deliver cool tech solutions for a lot of people. But at the same time, you have to think about what it is we're trying to achieve. And what we're going to achieve by thinking like an architect and thinking like a cloud architect is being able to resolve business issues around velocity of deployment, different ways in which to manage your infrastructure where you maybe don't use everything that's on the menu, but you have it available to you if you needed to dabble and experiment. If you remember, virtualization labs used to be finding a host somewhere or like a desktop running a virtualization environment or even a server standalone. And I mean, I was that person that I ran a couple of desktops under my, my workstation and everybody would walk by like, oh God, what was with you people in IT? There's always like 10 computers here. You know, what they didn't realize is what that might have been running a pretty serious development environment that we were kicking the tires on, whether it was, you know, at the time it was Windows 2000, 2003, we moved into the new stuff. You know, then we got into virtualization and it became easier because you didn't see the physical computers underneath the desk. What we saw was virtual CPUs and virtual memory being consumed somewhere. And maybe you had a physical box underneath the desk, but at that point it was running Hyper-V or is running ESXi or ESX if you're really old school. And why I know that this is important is because I know you've done this. You know, there's people that are smiling right now listening to this saying like, oh yeah, I know that story. I know the story because I lived it. You know, we still do it today. The difference is now I've got it in my cloud lab. You know, I'm running stuff on AWS, on Azure, on DigitalOcean even, where it's not necessarily the true, you know, fully wrapped cloud environment, but DigitalOcean has some neat opportunities for me to be able to test things out and run it. I've got Kubernetes running out there, like a monstrous amount of Kubernetes nodes that are that are running. And the beauty part is tear them down when I don't need them. And so I don't have to worry about paying for them all the time. Now, you do have to pay for them. So it's not like you have the sunk cost of the lab infrastructure like you had before. And why I think about changing your approach to it is look around to your community. Your community, let's say the, the V-Expert community, the Cisco Champion community, you know, the Veeam Vanguards, like all these different organizational communities that were wrapped around a particular technology. You know, Microsoft has the MVP program. All of them have these community programs that really helped you to get good consumption of their products and technologies to be able to solve solutions and ultimately evangelize and kind of amplify the message. 
we have it inside. You know, in the turbonomic, we have the, the green guardians through our green circle. These are people that are, you know, contribute content and, uh, and in doing so, it helps to kind of help us measure like what's going on in the industry. And it's, it's very important for, for me to be able to create a community around what we do. And the GC community is, is exactly that. So we had all these people that were like, oh, you were a VMware V expert and now you're a Cisco champion and, and that's cool. And, and it was like, oh, then you're a Veeam Vanguard. And you kind of like, you saw this stretch across the different layers of the infrastructure. So you had network, you had virtualization, so IaaS. You have the further up the stack around, you know, applications potentially. And, you know, whether it's backups or resiliency, you know, Zerto as a community, all these different folks. We have these different communities. Nutanix obviously has their NPP program and ultimately their NPX, which is their equivalent to a high level along the lines of what VCDX has been for VMware. Now, what is it that this means for you when you think about what's next? All these technologies are you know, managed on-premises, physical and virtual platforms. And then all of a sudden, you know, that little bookstore that we called it, and there were actually, I think, even keynotes that had that quote in there, like, oh, you know, like we're worried about some little bookstore. And that was quoted, you know, I think it maybe it was Pat Gelsinger or Carl Eschenbach at the time, continually sort of, you know, tongue in cheek talking about that little bookstore. Well, that little bookstore now is reporting quarterly revenues in the multiple billions around that infrastructure. So it's, it's no accident that that's happened because they've maintained that velocity. So while we were all you know taking a look and saying, you know, I was looking at cloud as a, an interesting concept to be able to solve a particular set of challenges, but I also had challenges in my own environment that I ran, which was you know Canadian-based financial services environment. So if you're in health services, financial services, or or federal government, whatever, there were a lot of limitations around where your data can live, understanding where your applications are. There's like data sovereignty. There's the ever you know big thing around quoting the Patriot Act for European you know folks, and they've got specifics around country by country regulatory reasons why they can't necessarily go in the public cloud for some of their infrastructure. That's where it becomes neat. Because now, here we are, you know, a few years in, and it's kind of sticking. <laughs> it's not going away. AWS in 2012, uh, so Adrian Cockroft, who was at the time, he was working at Netflix, and uh, Adrian did some amazing things with Netflix and driving their open source integrations and doing some real stuff about scaling infrastructure and just across the board. Adrian is uh, sort of a rock star in, in the community for what he's done and in, in, in the business world as well, not just in, in me nerding out on technology. So Adrian did some really interesting things, and he had a, a blog in 2012 talked about Netflix's presence and their attendance to the AWS reInvent which at the time he described it as like huge success because there were 6,000 people there. You know, wow, you know, that's not bad for a little bookstore. And then just recently, in fact, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago to when this is going to publish, uh, I was at AWS reInvent in 2016 in Las Vegas, where it would actually span across three different hotels. And the reason is because there were 32,000 people in attendance. So you think that we've over quintupled the amount of attendees to AWS as their conference. And you have people like Capital One, Netflix, that are in the expo hall presenting 
They're solutions that they deliver on top of AWS. They're not distinct vendors in the way that they're selling you something. They're, they're really recruiting and they're doing other things to talk about you know, their story. And they do really, really cool stuff in the open source side. So they share a lot of information about how they architect on top of you know, services. And those services, in this case, happen to be those that are presented by Amazon. You can't compete with a lot of the metrics that are put out there. You know, in 2016, AWS actually presented, on average, three new services per day. So there's over a thousand services, and that could be an existing platform that was offered in a new region or a new availability zone, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, you know, look to any of your traditional enterprise vendors and try and find me three services they deliver in a day, let alone consistently day after day over the course of a year. You can't really argue with the numbers. Again, and not bad for a little bookstore. So if I think about AWS, for me as a technologist and as an architect, I have to think differently. And it's no surprise that if you look throughout the Twitter community for the folks that are V experts and, and you know, Hyper-V experts and, and whatnot, all that community, you're seeing a lot of AWS certification sharing. You're seeing the rise of, you know, we've got new courses on Pluralsight. Uh, we had the, you know, the, the launch of A Cloud Guru, which is another uh, you know, video training site, which was kind of really focused around stuff that's going on in the AWS space. Uh, we're seeing a few other companies that are popping up. It's no surprise that AWS certification is probably going to be the hottest certification, I think, throughout 2017. And that's for people that are already completely bought in to Microsoft, VMware, Citrix, et cetera, et cetera. You know, even the OpenStack community, people have to understand what's out there so they can relate it back to what they're doing today. And why wouldn't you run more than one infrastructure? Even if you run OpenStack or VMware or you know, Microsoft as your, your core platform, why wouldn't you look to Azure or AWS or another public cloud? You know, Rackspace is doing really interesting things about managing every single one of those environments on the public cloud infrastructure and actually managed on-prem, you know, like managed hybrid cloud and managed private cloud. So you think that despite people talking about the death of private cloud, I personally am long private cloud. I believe fully that there's a reason that it exists especially for distinct use cases that maybe aren't going to be the ones that we talk about in 20 years, but they are going to be the ones that we talk about for the next 15 years, five years at least, as the path to which we got to acceleration that drove the public cloud infrastructure. The reason why private cloud is important is because it sunk cost. And despite this idea that everybody's going to go to pay as you go, we have a lot of sunk cost physical infrastructure that we need to take better advantage of. And that's going to be where private cloud can shine. And for people that are trying to sort of dabble in automation and dabble in better velocity internally with IT, that's where it's going to come. Now, if I look at what AWS does, again, you know, for a bookstore, they're pretty darn good at doing certain things. One of them is we talked about transformation. Transformation is the theme of AWS reInvent 2016. And it happens at every different layer. 
The growth in services is undeniable. There's no way for you to look at it and say, oh yeah, this is just happening in a bubble. No, it absolutely is, is legitimately teaching us the way that people are consuming infrastructure. It's not being done just because. It's being done in response, direct response to requirements that are being given to them by real businesses. We internally in IT used to be the department of no. And you can't be that way anymore. There's no way that we can compete when we've got public cloud infrastructure that is giving the answer that businesses need to hear and requiring us to answer with, okay, we can get you there or, okay, let's let let us help you consume these services the right way. You know, the shadow IT thing is going to be around for a long time. We'll talk about it. Uh, shadow IT is the new fake news. Uh, everybody says they've got it, but it isn't really changing the way we do things, but it's a great thing to like scare people into doing stuff. So what does AWS do better than all of us? Look at how Google works with Kubernetes. They run it inside for a long time, they prove it out, they share it outside, and they watch other people use it. AWS does the same thing. They learn inside by running their own infrastructure. Then they share it outside. That's how it all started. That's how EC2 and S3 became publicly consumable things. They said, hey, we're so good at using it inside. Why don't we sell this? Great idea. Worked out pretty good for Bezos. And so they share it outside, and then they learn from the consumption patterns and the way that people use this. They grow as you grow. And they have to obviously invest in making sure they can, they can get there ahead of you. But just like a teacher that is only 12 pages ahead of you in the manual, they just have to make sure they are really comfortably 12 pages ahead. That's the way that AWS can really learn because they watch people consume it for real. And then in doing so, you're actually paying to teach them how to do your infrastructure better. That's pretty cool. And then from there, this is where that transformation comes because you're going to see services that evolve and adapt and become better. You may see some services that you know, start to slip a little bit into other ones, a little bit of you know, aggregation with some other content. And in fact, if you look, they're really testing the waters in a lot of new services. When something goes up live and it's available for GA, it's, it's pretty thin. There's not as much there as you would think. But again, it's there for you to consume because when it evolves, it's going to evolve because of the way that you consume it. So I want you to think about that. You know, as you look at your 2017 plans around education and whatnot, if you're a technologist and you haven't used AWS yet, then get in there. You know, there's a free tier. You can use stuff for a year for free. There's a lot of great educational opportunities. There's tons of really, really good stuff on the Amazon Docs. So that's, that's where you need to start looking at. If you're a current consumer of AWS as a technologist, you know, dig in deeper. Understand how it compares to Azure. You know, I kind of highlight AWS as the one that we start with because if you're going to, you know, if you're going to study a sprinter, you study Usain Bolt. If you're going to study a public cloud, you're going to study AWS. However, being second place is not such a bad place, which is where Azure is going to come. And in fact, I think there are numbers, don't quote me on this, that stated that Microsoft Azure is the fastest growing cloud in the velocity at which they're growing now, even more so than AWS did at that maturity within the environment. And the reason 
that happens is probably because the models change. We've widely accepted the public cloud is going to become a part of our story. And as technologists and as businesses have gotten on board, Microsoft has also done really, really well at getting stuff out there and getting in front of you. And so I, I can kind of give a shout out to people like Lior Camrat. Like Lior is, uh, he works at Microsoft, you know, at, at last check, and he's also a VCDX. In fact, he's going for his double VCDX as, he, as we speak. So VMware certified, background in VMware virtualization, working at Microsoft, but also looking at Azure, public cloud, AWS, looking at alternatives, right? This is what we all have to do as technologists. Understand what you're doing today, understand how you got here and understand where you're going and know the path. Know the places that you're going to need to work on. Know the new technologies and understand why you need it. And most importantly, understand why not. If you want to look at stuff like Kubernetes and AWS and OpenStack and all these things, uh, I kind of give a personal shout out. So I'm running a, a series called Tech Forward. So if you go to techforward.io, and it's T-E-C-H forward.io, that'll take you to a landing page uh, in the GC community. And that's where we run you know, completely open webinars. In fact, uh, this should go up before the webinar, which is going to be on the 14th of December. And you can go back and get the recording if you want to, if you hear this after the fact. We're going to run some Kubernetes uh, intro around what is Kubernetes, what exactly is it trying to solve, how does it solve it in specific, you know, some technical terms at a sort of a one-on-one -on -one level, a real quick sort of live lab to see it in action. And then I'll give you access to some documents that'll help you to spin up your own lab and, and talk about how you can kick the tires on it yourself. Again, why is it that we're doing all this stuff? Because you have a responsibility to yourself and to your organization as a technologist to be able to know that you're doing the right things today, that you need to know where you're going to be tomorrow. Think logical, then physical. So step back and, and you know, realize why it is that we do the things that we do. You know, think about the business resolution. Think about the, what it is you're trying to solve. And that's really where we got to get. So in doing so, you're going to advance yourself. You're going to make yourself a better asset to your organization. And that's where the real fun begins because that lets you advance yourself in your career. And I could say that leading the charge and looking forward was the top thing that I did for myself. And the way that I did it was reaching out into the community to look for guidance as well. So whatever it is you're looking at, whether it's AWS, whether it's Kubernetes, whether it's DCOS and Mesos and Mesosphere, you know, different products and platforms out there, there is a meetup for it. There is a user group for it. There is a community for it. You can always reach out to me if you're saying, hey, look, I have no idea where to look. I need Eric's help. You can always find me, of course. Uh, you can find me I'm on Twitter at DiscoPosti. You can drop me a message in the GC community. It's completely free uh, to join, uh, no obligation. And then you just send me private messages in there all you wish. Uh, you can always find me. Because my goal as a community you know, advocate and, and hopefully a good community leader is to be able to create opportunities for all of you and all of your families, your businesses, your colleagues to be able to advance us all together. So if I were to give you any advice, check out YouTube. AWS just relaunched, you know, launched all their, their reInvent videos on there. You know, watch and see what's going on. Even if it doesn't apply to you today, take 
the information out of that and apply it to what you are doing. And look, you know, AWS certification, there's the Certified Solutions Architect Associate Level, which is a, a, a moderately challenging test. And I, I say that having achieved it myself because it's, it's not, it, you need to know a lot or a little about a lot. And you also need to know a lot of different services. But they give you great guidance as to what you need to, to do. I studied entirely from the documentation from AWS. And that's, that's a great way to get the information out there. You move up to the next level. There's a sysops and a devops uh, associate, a level one as well. And if you want to then move vertical, there is the professional level, which is much more solutions oriented, use case oriented. And, and uh, that's my next target is the solutions architect professional. And again, you can reach out to folks in the community and look for others that are, that are doing stuff. Uh, Alex Galbraith. Alex is a super good member of the VMware community and, and much more. He actually uh, is, uh, is a blogger as well. So take a look for Alex on Twitter and follow his blog. And uh, you can actually find out he's given some great guidance on his experience in going through the AWS certifications and many, many more following in his path. I was at the, v at the reInvent again. I saw a lot of familiar faces because we're all evolving together. So hopefully this is helpful to you as you think about shifting your focus from virtualization to cloud as a technologist. Listen to the community, ask questions, reach out. We're all here because we all want to learn together and we're going to make that jump. You can advance yourself as, a, as an architect and you can advance yourself in your career. And it's fun. There's a great community of people that are here to help you. So it's really, really cool. And with that, hopefully this is a good, good thing for you to listen to and think about as we head into the holidays, we're going to feature some more stuff around architecture and thinking, thinking this way. So taken away from a lot of the ecosystem watching that we've been doing around the last little while with GC On Demand, we're going to talk about career development and, and ways that you can advance yourself. You know, take a look back. We've got lots of folks, you know, who've given you great advice along the way. And if you have any suggestions, of course, you can always reach out to me. Uh, so if you follow us on Twitter, we are at, at GC On Demand. Uh, and you can go to gcondemand.io and you'll see our launch page there. And then I'll give you a list of the shows and link to some of the show notes and, and other things that are in there. You can, of course, follow us on iTunes and whatnot. So please, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. If you're just surviving the U.S. Thanksgiving, I hope that you've, you've done so well and you're heading into December. Uh, strap on your scarves if you're somewhere cold and uh, grasp the warmth of the community because we're all going to get through this together. Thanks very much. And uh, with that, we'll see you again next week. If you like what you heard here and want to hear much more, don't forget to subscribe to the GC On Demand podcast. You can go to gcondemand.io where you'll find the links in order to catch us in iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and more. So go to gcondemand.io. Don't forget to rate us in your podcaster of choice and look for much, much more. Have a show idea? Tweet us at GC On Demand. Thanks for listening.